So, Ben, a few weeks ago, you and I were doing Jay's Talk, and I said to you then that the biggest upcoming stretch was at home versus the Orioles and then on the road against the Red Sox. And, and, you know, that was largely because of the Jays' record against those two teams prior to the Orioles series so far in the season. And, look, I'll tell you, I got to say, I did not not only see a sweep coming against the Red Sox to wrap up that ALE stretch, but that it would end following going one and three versus the Orioles, but a sweep of the Red Sox with a 13 to one demolition of Boston at Fenway park in the series finale. It's a, it was really nice to see the team score some runs. Like we've gotten way too many white knuckle finishes as of late. So it's kind of nice to get a, a real laugher in the blue Jays favor. Yeah. 11 runs from the third to fifth inning combined four than two than five. And I mean, I, I think this, Shows how I felt about it. I put the Blue Jays sweeping the Red Sox as one of my bold midseason predictions. Like they they had had nothing really going on against the Red Sox, uh, and they obviously you know put together two pretty solid games, especially Game One to start this series. Of course, we both looked at the lineup today and we're like, yeah, that's a that's a sixteen hit, thirteen run lineup today with uh, no Bo Bichette or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and. Uh, David Schneider hitting third and Kevin Biggio batting sixth. But man, I, I mean, they looked really good over these last couple of days. You, you can't ignore that they benefit from some bullpen games, but you know, teams benefited from some bullpen games that they were throwing sure. when they had starter issues earlier in the year. And frankly, I, I just don't think anyone at any point in time is in a position to feel bad for anyone else due to injuries or, or, players not being available. It, it hits different teams at different times. And boy, uh, did the blue Jays take advantage of it in the last two days, especially today. Yeah. Sportsnet stats tweeting out about 20 minutes ago, blue Jays match a franchise record with at least 14 hits in three straight games last accomplished in April, 2004. So it's been wow. a while since they've done something like that. 2004. That team was all right, I think, but not, yeah. not, not a great, not a great baseball team. <laughs> uh, pretty impressive. That's Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. You're listening, of course, to Jay's Talk across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open. 416-870-0590. 590 star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is where you can text us. That's the people's text line, which is always open. That team was not all right. <laughs> they were very bad. But I believe it's the reason that John Gibbons became manager his first stint. So that's kind of fun. Uh, you know, one guy who was uh, very much all right today was, of course, the, the mustachioed man, David Schneider. So, of course, look, if you're following Sportsnet stats on Twitter or if you follow Sarah Langs, who, uh, of course, does great work for, is it MLB? Uh, MLB MLB.com? ESPN as well, I believe. Sarah does a lot of fantastic work, and uh, she tweeted this out maybe about like 10 minutes ago. David Schneider's nine hits are tied for the most in a player's first three career games since 1901 with one person, Coker Triplets. Oh, yeah. Who uh, did this in 1938. That is just silly. There's a whole bunch of other stats as well. Like he's the first second baseman in American league history to do X, Y, and Z. And he's the first blue Jays player to have so many hits games (laughs) with Aaron Hill. And uh, he's the first Coker triplet hit no homers in that stretch. So he's the first ever with nine hits and two homers. Shout out to Coker triplet. Also playing with the Buffalo Bisons, by the way, playing like 400 games uh, with Buffalo, who was a Detroit and then Philadelphia athletics affiliate. 
So a lot going on there. Yeah, um, apparently. And, look, just don't look at the Coker's uh, stat lines <laughs> after the first three games because yeah. in the rest of that 1938 season, he did not have a single hit or walk for the rest of the year. Yeah, but, he was hitless. Uh, but hey, I mean, it's still pretty cool. 1942 World Series champ. I mean, the only thing you take from Coker triplet with nine hits in his first three games and then effectively, I mean, maybe he had it on an error or something, but not reaching base again is like, if you expect Davis Schneider to hit 450 this year, you're going to be disappointed. Like he's not going to hit 450 with 35 homers in the last 50 games of the season. That that's not realistic, but it is absolutely remarkable the pace that he has set so far. <laughs> he is hitting like in the 600, 700, I think high 600s. I just want to get to this right off the bat with Schneider because I know we'll see and hear some comments of like what could have been had Davis Schneider been called up a little earlier and I'll give you all the credit in the world. You were maybe one of the first people, if not the first person I talked to on a regular basis who was, was calling for Schneider to be called up like, you know, five weeks ago or something like like half mustache related. I'm not going (laughs) to lie, but I I am happy, but Hey, like there's, there's no, I I just wanted to get ahead of that because there's no real guarantee that he would have done what he's doing right now. Had he been called up like five weeks ago, like maybe there, maybe that's true. Maybe he would have, that's definitely possible. But it's just I'm not I'm not so sure you would have gotten this level of production from Davis Schneider like For four sure. weeks ago. Again, very possible, but um, it is it is definitely hard to not think about what could have been for this offense had Schneider been called up and things happening. But it does kind of feel like the shuffling within the infield really only happened because of the injury to Bo Bichette. Yeah, it's hard to know these things, too, with like how much seasoning a prospect truly needs. Right. I mean, I I will say that I, I think it was and we talked about this completely unrelated to Davis Schneider. Sure. We've talked about it. I think I talked about it with Blake Murphy a couple of weeks ago on a broadcast we were doing together. The fact that they essentially were abandoning that 26th roster spot. I mean, they they had Nathan Lucas up there and it's, it's no offense to him at all. They didn't even really play it like there was not much going on in terms of giving an opportunity to the guy that was in that 26th spot, Lucas barely, or pardon me. Uh, um, yeah, Lucas barely played. They, you know, had Ernie Clements up a little bit. I still believe he has eight at bats on the season. Like they weren't, yeah. they just weren't even using this spot. So I think it's a little disappointing that they weren't rotating more guys in there, at least if they weren't confident using the guys in the spot that they had there. But yeah, who really knows what would have happened if they brought him up earlier? David Schneider is pretty young, despite uh, how he looked. Like, 24. Yeah, he looks like Burt Reynolds or something, but he is he is quite <laughs> young. He was embarking on his first full season, and he didn't even finish it, obviously, because now he's in the majors, but first full season at AAA this year. And the power numbers was kind of a this and last year thing, too. So you, you might have wanted to wait on him specifically to just make sure that this was sustainable and that he had really developed the approach. I mean, in a way... Like you can look at it negatively, I think, and say, well, they should have called him up months ago. In a way, this is also just a huge development story right now for the Blue Jays sure. in a positive way. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a high school draft pick out of a not really known baseball hotbed, New Jersey, in a round that no longer exists in the MLB draft. And he has contributed really almost more than any of your drafted players. Like Bo Bichette is a drafted player. Kevin Biggio is a drafted player. Alec Manoa is a drafted player. We're like running out of drafted player. Danny Jansen, I think is one too, but you know, it's a huge story. Sure. I think it would have been nice to have him a couple weeks ago, but at the same time, like you said, it's really hard to know what what would have happened. And I think the, the most important thing is that he's up here now and he looks awesome.
You said uh, who'd you make the comparison to? Um, Burt Reynolds. I'm I'm gonna yeah. say uh, Tom Selleck. Yes, I, guess I think I that's some, a good one. Get some Tom Selleck Magnum vibes from uh, For Sh- sure. Schneider's <laughs> mustache. No, you're right. He's been great. Uh, a lot a lot of texts, uh, very much praising. David Schneider, Owen from Niagara Falls in the text line, 59590, name and location. Is this the same team that played against the O's this week? What a difference in approach from so many guys this series. The Babe Schneider era of Blue Jays baseball <laughs> has officially begun. Colin in Calgary, Davis uh, clearly has the mustache power, and that's something you don't mess with. Seriously, though, the guy makes good swing decisions. Putting him in the three hole today was a nice touch for a good couple first days, and he didn't disappoint. Um, I see uh, Adam and Shelburne happy sun- happy Sunday series win Ben and show. This is how I expected the Jays to play most of the season. Go Jays go keep this up. And uh, this is a good question. Hi show. Love the show. As always. My question is, what do you see the lineup looking like in the Davis Schneider era? Once Bo is back and everyone is in there. And it's a valid question because uh, you know, you kind of do look ahead somewhat. There was some news. I think it was from Arden. Uh, that Bo is, you know, he's doing some running, so on. He's going to, they're kind of seeing if the he knee is going to. might have hit today. I it think they were saying. Unconfirmed. Yeah. And I think if, if not today, it's going to start very soon. So he's, he's definitely looking a lot better based on the knee treatment. Probably going to be not too, too long before he is back, albeit still probably a, a week or two, perhaps. So, so I, I remember when I was down there at the Rogers Center, John Schneider used the, he used the literal words, best possible outcome, which is definitely always a good thing when you're talking about your best player. But uh, you talk about when Bo is back, which could be in the not too distant future, like DeYoung almost certainly at this point, because we kind of talked about the idea before Schneider had been called up. We kind of talked about maybe DeYoung going a second. That almost certainly is not happening now. Like it almost feels yeah, like it has to continue with Schneider. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Like, yeah like, if obviously if things fall off a little for Schneider, maybe it's a bit more of a conversation, but I mean, I think now it's, it's a much more uh, valid viewpoint to say that maybe Schneider sticks at second. If it, even, even if it half of this keeps up, he sticks at second. De Jong probably just becomes the backup shortstop to Bo, and maybe Espinal gets option, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I still think Paul De Jong provides him a lot of value if he's the backup yeah. shortstop. He's the best defensive shortstop I think they have on the 26-man roster. He can provide a lot of power off the bench. I think there's things they can do with him. But yeah, I, I, I would lean that there are a lot of starts at second for Schneider, you know, that I, I don't think that they just, like, abandon Whit Merrifield at second and only put him in left. Uh, it might make you a bit more confident. You know, like it was a good series for Dalton Farsha, to be fair. He did go four for eight in the series. I still think that they have aspirations of him being in a very important part of this team and contributing offensively and hopefully that coming around. I, I think that you could see a little bit more of what we saw today with Springer DHing, but they have played Merrifield and right before. Mm-hmm. You could you could conceivably maybe have Merrifield play right. Varsha stay in, have Schneider at second. Schneider does have some outfield experience. I do think it's a little telling that they didn't put him out there any of the three days and put Merrifield out there uh, in left field, all three. I think they like Merrifield in the outfield. But I think they do too. I think yeah. generally he is considered better in the infield than outfield. So I, I think that probably tells you that they think Merrifield's a better outfielder than Schneider is uh, at this current point in time. What Merrifield does that weird thing when he's in the outfield. Yeah. We were talking about it before where he kind of like puts his butt out away from the ball for as the sun can, as for the yeah. sun and stuff, just to kind of angle his body. And then it always ends up looking like he has to just lunge out and grab the ball at the last second. I know it's probably well within just his regular routine of how he catches fly balls, but it just, it is kind of funny that uh, ultimately, you know, he, he does that so often. It kind of makes you think like, Oh man, what can I catch this ball? But yeah. then, and then he's completely fine. It's kind of funny. I would call it like scary, but effective. It, <laughs> yes. It's worked every time I've seen him do it, but it makes me nervous. Um, 
But yeah, I think that they'll continue to rotate him in. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not saying this as he is or he isn't. I'm not sure David Schneider is an everyday player on this team because of one series. It was an incredible series. Don't get me wrong. Coker triplet didn't exactly turn out to be a hall of famer. (laughs) A lot of the guys that he has these records that he's tied with didn't turn out to be hall of famers. Like it's, it's hard to know what a guy is just because he has a, a great first series. JP and Sebia didn't turn into Barry Bonds. Aaron Hill didn't turn into Dustin Pedroia. He had, he's one of the best guys of all these comparison records that you could find. Aaron Hill had a fine career. And if David Schneider turns into Aaron Hill, I actually think that's, like a huge success. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a 28th round draft pick. Aaron <laughs> yeah. Hill was a, a very good baseball player for a lot of years. But uh, I I think that he plays a lot of days in a week. And I think that he's a guy where when he's not in the starting lineup, he's still a big threat to play. I, I think that's a big part of it, too. He can pinch hit for you yeah. in a lot of situations. And, and because of how malleable the defensive positions are with a lot of these guys, Schneider included, Merrifield, Biggio, some of the other guys, I think that you can use him in a lot of spots and either keep him in games or sub him out for others. But it's I think it's it's the best thing to have. They have a they might have the logjam that we thought they had in the middle infield to start the year now if Schneider can continue to hit. We'll have to see what uh, certainly it looks like going forward. A four-game series in Cleveland awaits uh, you hope that Schneider can certainly, if again, I don't know if he's going to be at, what is it? Nine for 13. I think so far in this series with a couple, with a walk in there yeah, as he's well. Hitting 692. Oh my goodness. 733 I, on base. <laughs> as nice as that would be. I, I'm not sure it's going to be sustainable, but even if it's even a half of that, I think you'd be very, very pleased with the production of one David Schneider. Of course, uh, after such a successful series, they did have David Schneider on uh, the Blue Jays walk off with Hazel May in Boston. Let's hear what Hazel and Davis had to chat about. What a weekend for Davis Schneider. Four hits today, four RBIs, your four hits, including your second home run in just your third MLB game. You faced Murphy before in the minor leagues. You've also homered off of him. How much did that go into you being so aggressive in that at-bat? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you face a guy before, you kind of get a feel of what he's going to try to throw you. And I knew he had a good fastball. He likes to throw it. I was sitting fastball on my homer, but he ended up throwing a slider just middle, and I just swung and hit it. I told everyone on the broadcast about your glove, thanks to Whit Merrifield, who came and gave me a little intel. Like, yeah. you never know. Whit can always be a prankster and a jokester. What is the story behind that glove? Yeah, so the place where I gave lessons at and trained at in the offseason, it was in the lost and found for about like a year and a half, and no one, no one got it, and it looked cool, and it looked old, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to use it for now. How often have you used it? Uh, for about, this is my second year. So, yeah, for, I had it for two years. It definitely works. Yeah. Listen, uh, you are the only player in Major League Baseball history to notch nine hits and two home runs in your first three Major League Baseball games. As you look back at this three-game series, Davis, what will you remember the most? Um, definitely my family members that are, came here and all my friends and definitely the team that supported me. And every time I came into the dugout, they were all just clapping, being happy for me, and I just couldn't ask for anything more. That is David Schneider, the hero of the past couple of games, chatting with Hazel May. You think uh, this is all because the Red Sox didn't let him take a picture on the field after Friday's game? I think I, he, at least a part a part of it has got to be. Bad omen. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if you uh, if you really make things difficult for a guy making his major league debut, you might turn him into a Red Sox killer going forward. Who knows? Uh, 
but he's the he's yeah. the he is what uh, Ryan Mountcastle <laughs> is to the Jays, uh, David Schneider is to the Red Sox. One more series coming up, we'll see if he, you know if he's there and he's hitting uh, when the Blue Jays play Boston next. Like I can't imagine. I said this to you during the game. I can't imagine what it's like to be a casual Red Sox fan. So like with no expectation of knowing at all who David Schneider is. <laughs> right, like right. even I like fairly the majority of casual Blue Jays fans at least a week ago might have not known sure. who David Schneider was. And probably comes, in large part uh, due to you, probably, I would say. I'll take it. Um, and he just comes and rips apart the Red Sox for three games. Like, at least, you know, Mountcastle has been around for four years, I believe it is. This was the first three games of his life. Uh, and he put it on a three-game performance pretty much like no other ever seen in Major League history. And, and did as much as you can in baseball to single-handedly win a series. I do think there were a lot of performances that helped the Blue Jays out in this series, but I mean, boy, did he make a case. I, I will say the the thing Hazel brought up with him about playing with that glove, finding the glove in the lost and found. That's a hilarious story. Like that's, that is, that is remarkable. Yeah. I, I know I'm sure he could get any glove he wants now because you know, he plays, he's a major league ball player and is now a very successful one, but uh, that is a, a truly a, a hilariously fun story. Hazel tweeted out a number of hours before, before the ball game that I guess like there's a, there's a, like a notation on the glove. This is V U K like VUK. And uh, that Whit-, Whit Merrifield brought it to my attention. This is Hazel's tweet to let me know. Davis's nickname is Vuk. No idea who that is, but it's on the glove. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I do enjoy too. I think we learned a little bit about Whit Merrifield as a person there that Hazel like needed to confirm that that was, she was like, <laughs> what's a bit of a prankster. So just like, is that what, ha- what if Davis was just like, no, I just bought this glove. <laughs> I just bought- yeah, it's true. Friends call me Vuk. Yeah, Whit Merrifield. After the whole uh, beer and a foot rub comment, I have now learned that Whit Merrifield is a bit of a bit of a jokester. Yeah. But uh, hey, you know what? You're not not complaining. Plays baseball uh, for a living. Have fun. Some news also from uh, Sportsnet's Arden Zwelling. Uh, he heard this from, of course, right from the source from John Schneider, t- uh, tweeting out yeah, about like four or five minutes ago. Kevin Kiermeyer received eight stitches to close a laceration on his right elbow suffered colliding with the center field wall in the sixth inning. Blue Jays manager, John Schneider says there are no structural concerns. Kiermaier is considered day to day. So yeah, you kind of, it kind of did look like when he went up there and landed on with his right arm, making the catch in the outfield that it almost kind of like on the fence, it kind of like a grader almost landed right on his arm because he slid down the wall because it's like a fence that goes over the garage door out there in the outfield at Fenway. So he kind of slid down with his, the skin of his arm getting like raked against the garage door. So you hope he's okay. It's probably a, a bit of a painful injury, but a bit, you know, laceration requiring stitches doesn't sound too bad, but they, they made the prudent choice and in a, in a laugher of a game, I think it was 11 to one at that point, they brought him out and put Varsha in there. And like we were talking about during the game, probably not in terms of defensive runs saved. It's probably as little a difference as you can imagine, given how good Varsha has been out there. Yeah. I'll be honest. It's more serious than I thought it would be. Like I, I just initially didn't think that that was uh, an injury that was going to require stitches, but at the same time you could see Kiermaier was like he was very carefully not yeah. moving his arm. I thought yeah. initially, like, did he dislocate something or whatever? And he threw the ball back in 200 and something feet. So, yeah, yeah you hope that it's, you know, maybe something where he takes a day or two off uh, and, you know, just make sure that that cut heals enough that it's not going to open up again uh, or that laceration heals enough that it's not going to open up again. But, yeah, as long as it, it, it isn't something that's affecting, you know, bones, muscles, and ligaments in, in that elbow, I think you feel a little bit better and uh, attribute it to 
what, like in a 115-year-old ballpark or something like that? Come on, get a real outfield wall. Why is there a fence out there? Like, like, like a, literal fence yeah, out there. Why is it not fence. just wall? Just put a wall out there. Like, you, can, like it's, you can still retract walls. It doesn't have to be a, a chain link fence. Yeah, you can You can have a wall that opens as a door like every other ballpark in maybe baseball. The, maybe the capital budget at Fenway is uh, stretched thin this year. Yeah, know, this is the, the team that like 100 years ago sold Babe Ruth for cash. So. <laughs> That's true. Uh, 416 star 590 on your cell. Let's go to the phones. Eddie calling in from Fort Erie. Eddie, what's on your mind? Welcome to Jay's Talk. Thank you, Show and Ben. How are you guys today? It's always uh, more fun, Eddie, to do Jay's Talk with Ben when uh, it's a serious sweep of not only any team, but the Red Sox. Oh, definitely, definitely. And you know what? That's exactly what I want to talk about the series with the Red Sox because you know what, gentlemen? For me, this was a gut check series for the Blue Jays because having lost three out of four to the Orioles and and the Red Sox are coming up who you haven't beaten all year, they're getting close to you. It was one of those things where you had the thought in your mind, you know what, we could lose a playoff spot after this weekend. But, uh, but fortunately for the Blue Jays, they took care of business. And now, gentlemen, the Red Sox are now in for their gut check because they got nobody to blame but themselves. They had a chance to take care of business out West against Seattle and the, and the Giants, and they didn't do that. Then they uh, get swept by the Blue Jays, and now you're facing teams who have absolutely nothing to lose in the case of the, of the uh, Nationals, the Royals, and the Tigers. This, for me, is one of those things where it's now, now it's like flipped over now in the case of, uh, of the Red Sox now in for their gut check, you know? Hey, yeah, Eddie, I appreciate the call, man. It's, it's definitely true. I mean, less than 48 hours ago from the end of this ballgame, the Red Sox trailed by two games in the wildcard standings, and they now trail by five, four in the loss column with 51 games left. Like, it's definitely not the most insurmountable of hills for the Red Sox to climb, but the Blue Jays did, now have done it twice. They, the games that are directly behind them in the wildcard standings, I know the Orioles series was a disappointment, Anyway, you slice it, but you look at the series against the Angels and now the Red Sox, two teams that were right behind them in the standings. It's uh, very impressive for them to go out there and 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 do the things they did. I mean, like I'm not saying it's less impressive for the Angels, but the Angels are were they were a team they'd already seen and won against earlier in the season, albeit in Los Angeles. Whereas, like coming into the series, they had not won a single game against the Boston Red Sox. So I give them all the kudos in the world for for finally realizing they're a better team than Boston. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, in a similar way, frankly, to last year where the, the Blue Jays and Red Sox outside of playing each other actually had a really similar record, but the Blue Jays were 16-3 and three against the Red Sox and therefore won 90 games while the Red Sox won, or the Blue Jays won 92, the Red right. Sox won 78. So that's, I mean, they were one game better than the Red Sox other than uh, the matchups that they had. In this season, had you taken those wins against the Blue Jays out, the Red Sox were a below 500 team coming into this series. And frankly, a lot of their play against the Blue Jays was why they were still in this race. Like they have been a little bit better, I think, than people expected. But dominating the Blue Jays had kept them around. Like you said, they're not completely out of it. Yeah. Five games back, still about 50 games to go. Certainly a chance to get back into this. But they couldn't really afford to do what they did in this series, which was not only lose, but I think lose in, in really demoralizing ways in games yeah. where they, they could have been a little bit closer, at least uh, find ways to, to separate them, find ways to lower morale. And then, 
you know, after beating them, they've lost four in a row. And after beating the Angels in that series, the Angels have spiraled a little bit. They've lost five in a row. And you start to create more of that separation. You still have the Mariners on your heels. Uh, the Yankees look like they're going to lose today, which is, I think, some good news for the Blue Jays, too. Like, they are starting to get more of, it's not that safe, but more of a cushion mm-hmm. than they've had in a while. Unfortunately, the Yankees are losing to the Astros because you would have liked to have gained some ground. But, hey, I mean, like, whatever. You'll they're playing it. each other. I, you'll take it. Yeah. I, I think that they were in a situation a couple times recently, including this weekend, where teams around them were competing with each other, being the Yankees uh, and Houston. Or, you know, there were some, like, it was... I forget who it was. It was it was uh, Baltimore and Tampa Bay mm, at one point, right. and just you know a couple series that mixed. Uh, like Baltimore was playing the Yankees. Well, then Seattle was playing Los Angeles just a couple of days. And ago, Seattle right? played Boston in the series before this. Yeah. And when you win, those are always good. Of course, someone you can't improve upon, but if you win, you always distance yourself or gain on one team as well. And when you lose, it's always bad. So to take advantage, I think of when teams are competing against each other. Now the Red Sox have a very winnable series at home against the Royals. So good news that you beat them three times while you go and try and beat a a better, but also AL central team uh, in the Cleveland guardians. Uh, I see here a text. Here it is. Chris and Regina. He just says, hey, great win. If you want to treat today, read the Facebook Red Sox comments. After oh, the game. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I we, mean, like it's a it's a it's a risky proposition to read any comments on anything on Facebook of all social media platforms. Yeah. But I am certain kind of like what you're saying. I'm certain the Red Sox uh, talk comments are are perhaps not as uh, as fun as ours. Uh, let's go back to the phones, Ben. 416-870-0590. 590 Star 590 on your cell. Adam is calling in from North York. Now, Adam, look, before we get to what, what you want to talk about, I do see a text here from another Adam in North York. I'm not sure if that's you, but it says, how long before Schneider becomes the face of Ballpark Franks for Schneider? Is that you or is this another Adam from North York? No, that's me. Okay, all right. I think that we should have a bit of fun with this. Um, maybe whenever he hits a home run, we throw a pepperette on the field. I don't know. But, <laughs> I like it. Like, I mean, it's the most natural ad campaign I've ever heard next to Armstrong bird food with the blue Jays. I mean, how long till they get them together? Cause <laughs> I just see him on Tuesday nights doing hot dog Tuesdays. I think, it would be terrific. Just just a lot of fun. Anyways, and it's been fun to watch this demolition of the team I hate the most. Most people hate the Yankees. I hate the Red Sox because I find their fans uh, the worst because all they care about is if they beat the Yankees. They don't seem to care about anything else. Thank you very much for the call. And I will say for the people, you know, like I think the Yankees generate a lot of, of hate frankly, because of how successful they were for the majority of their, their history, the Red Sox are the much more successful team in the 21st century than the Yankees are. I mean, it, depending on if you count 2000 sure. as part of the 21st century or yeah, not, which I, I think would. technically it isn't, but we'll count it. Sure. That's two world series titles for the Yankees in 2000 and 09. It's four for the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the most historic comeback ever in 2004 over them. So I, I would guess that Adam is in, the minority there in terms of fans <laughs> that have distaste for the Red Sox more than the Yankees. But Hey, I, I, in an era where I'm not sure the blue Jays truly have a natural rival since the Montreal Expos moved uh, to Washington. And even then that was American league national league. And so it's not re- like there was only a couple years of interleague play before the Expos ended up moving to Washington anyway. Right, right. I do think it's kind of uh to the fans, 
own eye on who they want. Like, I think some people are like, wow, the Blue Jays and Tropicana Field's always a battle, the Rays. Or there's there was a lot of history in the Jose Bautista era with the Orioles, yeah. with Darren O'Day and the 2016 well, the wild card the Rangers that were in there with the Odor punch and then the, the bat flip game and so on. Right. Yeah. So. I think the Rangers are in there. I think there was a time when the Detroit Tigers were one of the biggest rivals of the blue Jays. When you go to 1987 and some of the battles that they had uh, in and around the eighties, I think the Kansas city Royals, certainly you could talk about 2015 or 1985. Unfortunately, neither of those working out for the blue Jays or some of the other battles they've had around there. So uh, it is interesting. I, I don't know how many people I've heard that, uh, would say that the Red Sox are the team that they dislike the most. I do think the Blue Jays, at least over the last couple of years, have a knack of winning at Fenway Park. Like we were, I was talking to you yesterday because the first game I ever went to after uh, after COVID and mm. after ballparks kind of opened up was a Blue Jays game at Fenway. And I initially mistook the huge blowout win for the Blue Jays. I saw like a 13 to one game, but I accidentally clicked an 18 to four win box score <laughs> from the same season. Uh, and maybe it's because they have so many right-handed hitting power hitters and the monster. I think it works out pretty well. I knew about Bautista always had pretty good numbers there, but uh, yeah, interesting. And, and for the blue Jays after being very sick and kind of virus ridden in early May, That's when they true. were in Fenway, they were healthy this time and they did not look back uh, to Adam's point about having some fun with it. You know, I remember when Jake Berger was traded just a couple of days ago to the Marlins and the Marlins did that whole, like they cut uh, the price of burgers in the ballpark yes. by half, which was, and they sold like a bazillion more burgers. And again, I mean, like if you're going to burgers are half price at, and ballpark prices, I'm going to eat twice as more. many burgers. Yeah, you're going to buy more burgers, right? But I, it would be kind of fun to see some kind of Schneider thing. You know what I would like to see? I would like to see John Schneider, who usually has a pretty full beard, just shave, go mustache. yeah, just shave the beard and go mustache only. That's or what I want everyone to see. go mustache. Or that everyone. would be that'd fun. be kind of fun. Imagine um, belt with just the mustache. Oh my god, that'd that be would weird. be a crazy look. Um, or Vlad with just the mustache. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited about what that would look like. I will say the Blue Jays have done something like this before. Just came to mind. They had Jason Grilly grilled cheese stamp center field. Yeah, uh, right. when Jason Grilly was a setup man, <laughs> and right. they had special maple syrup grilled cheese specials there as uh, as well, where you could get maple syrup on it. I tried it; it was pretty good. Pretty good. I, you know, yeah. I've never tried it. It, it but... doesn't sound good. I'll be <laughs> honest; it's pretty clashing, but uh, I enjoyed it. That is Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. Let's take a quick break here, Ben. When we come back, we'll go back to the standings watch. We talked a little bit about the standings. Uh, take a look at the standings around Major League Baseball presented by Bet365. Go back to the phones and go back to the text line as well. 590-590, name and location, the people's text line. Still taking your calls, still taking your texts. You're listening to Jay's Talk. Show and Ben with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Yeah, this is playing in sync. You know, this it was great defense. Approach was spot on. Uh, they executed it. And uh, pitching was great, you know. There were some really high leverage innings that guys handled, whether it was Cabby yesterday or Jimmy or Swanee, um, you know, Jordan Hicks too with a quick inning. I think it was just kind of everything kind of fell into place. And this is a good team, you know. I know that our record was 0-7 coming in, and you catch teams at different times, you know, when either you're really rolling or really not. And, um, you know, I think it kind of evens out in the end. That is John Schneider discussing the completeness of this series for the Blue Jays. If this was as complete a series, this team has played all year. So you hear the manager there sounding pretty happy after a 13 to one demolition of the Boston Red Sox to wrap up a series sweep in Boston. How sweep it is. Blue Jays heading off to Cleveland on the win streak. Uh, I'm show Alley. That's Ben Shulman. We are here with Jay's talk for about eh, 13, 14 more minutes. 
Before we get back to the text line and the phones, let's go over to the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. Download the Bet365 app and check out the latest odds for today's baseball games. 19 plus play responsibly. Ontario only. Uh, in the break, like literally seconds ago, the Yankees just lost to the yes. uh, Houston Astros. Giancarlo Stanton made a bid for a walk-off home run, but uh, he uh, did not get it. So uh, I think it was Brian Abreu closing things out yep. for the Houston Astros. So they win 9-6. to six. The Tampa Bay Rays did beat the uh, Detroit Tigers today, and the Baltimore Orioles did beat the New York Mets. So not a lot of help, I suppose, outside of the loss of by the Yankees on that uh, standings watch. But with all of that being said, here's how things shake out in the standings watch. Baltimore is 70 and 42 following a two, nothing win over the New York Mets. Tampa Bay is 68 and 46 following a 10, six win over the Tigers. Blue Jays are now 13 games over 500. They're 63 and 50. The Yankees are now, I believe, 58 and 54 yes. with the loss. 12 and games back of the division. 12 games back. And the, the Red Sox are a half game back of the Yankees. They're 57 and 54. So if you look at the wild card standings, actually, Ben, you look at still, obviously, with the win, the uh, Houston Astros still a game up on the Blue Jays for that second wild card spot. So they're in the second spot. Blue Jays in third. Of course, the Rays are in first place. But just behind them, the the Mariners, three games back. The Yankees, four and a half games back. And the Red Sox, five games back. Yeah, you gain in this weekend, you gain one game on both the Rays and Houston while obviously pushing the Red Sox way back, pushing yeah. the Yankees back two games, uh, pushing the Angels back three games because they got uh, beat in or sorry, pushing them back to they're playing their final game right now against Seattle, which is right. kind of a win-win again for the blue Jays. If, if Seattle wins fine, they're, they're still around, but the angels are almost outside of the picture at this point, they would be below 500. And if, uh, if the angels win, then, Hey, the team that's closest to the blue Jays ends up having their hot streak cooled off a little bit. So uh, the standings, you know, looking prettier to the blue Jays. There is still work, a lot of work to be done, uh, but it's, it's more comfortable than it certainly was uh, Thursday night (laughs) after the conclusion of a uh, three to one series loss to the Orioles and not an easy team, but a more favorable matchup uh, as they go to Cleveland, a team that despite being second place in their division is four games below 500, just lost a series to the white Sox and might be, without their best player and is already certainly without their second best player. Yeah. Tom and Ajax was texting in to say, Hey show any news on Jose Ramirez and the games he might be suspended. The answer to that question, at least right this second, unless I've missed something is no, I don't think, I haven't seen I don't think there has been confirmation that he gets suspended, but I mean, he's going to like, how could he not uh, get suspended? I'm not here to necessarily glorify that stuff, but that was wild in Cleveland. We played the Tom Hamilton call during the game, during one of the pitching changes, but my God, like they, they squared up, like they were hockey players dropping the gloves and Jose Ramirez landed a punch on Tim Anderson's yeah. face. So I got, I got to think that both of them, maybe a couple other people as well, because there were some other uh, skirmishes going on once that really ex- escalated. But you got to think at least both of those guys are getting suspended for a couple of games. Yeah, Odor ended up getting eight reduced to seven after yeah. an appeal. Huge reduction there from MLB. Um, <laughs> I don't see why it wouldn't be similar. Like you could even make the argument. The Odor Bautista thing was really quick and in the heat of the moment. It was a lot slower and more methodical of a buildup. I'm not here to like dole out suspensions because I don't want to spend time thinking about that unless I'm the guy that gets paid to do it. But you would think like at least the eight games or seven games, right? For both of those guys who engaged in one of the bigger fights of 
the last 15 years, probably, maybe even more in Major League Baseball. Yeah, you just don't see that ever no. in baseball. Really, in, in many sports, in any sport, not hockey. You just don't really see that ever, really. So no, you get like, the odd fight here and there in like practice or something, but in, in an actual game, you just don't see that very like, often. So I'd have to go back to like early 2000s yeah. Yankees Red Sox where like Veritech was fighting people. You know, like that happened occasionally, but again, it's pretty rare. Yeah, pretty wild. So uh, no, no to Tom's question on if if Ramirez has been suspended right this second, but um, I have I have no doubt he will be suspended for a couple of games, but might not come down uh, until tomorrow, at least later tonight. Um, uh, before we have a couple minutes left here, Ben, we haven't talked about Chris Bassett at all. Sure. And uh, before we get to his outing, uh, I wanted to play a little bit of what he said to the media, and uh, he did kind of talk about the idea that perhaps he was tipping against the Baltimore Orioles and kind of cleaning up okay. some of his work. So this is what Bassett had to say to the media after today's start. Yeah, um, we cleaned a lot of stuff up um, in between starts. Uh, I was do I don't I don't think Baltimore had anything, um, but I was I was doing a lot of tipping. Um, I won't really go into how, but I, I, I was I was doing a lot of stuff um, uncharacteristically. Um, so yeah, we just cleaned everything up, and then everything just kind of seemed everything to fall fell into place. You know, today he did not have a lot of super clean innings. You're talking about cleaning stuff up. Like it wasn't a lot of very clean innings. Like it kind of felt as though at least one or two runners reached in each of the first four innings, perhaps. And but you know what? To his credit, he did grind through it. And after the Casas solo home run, it was six nothing at that point. He Casas blasts a solo bomb, six to one. And Bassett had such a huge lead. Six to one is not an insurmountable lead, but it was a big enough lead that they left him out there until that explosion in the fifth by the Jays offense. So you know what? He ground through the first three innings or four innings or so until certainly the Blue Jays got the three nothing lead, four nothing lead, and then David Schneider kind of put the finishing touches on that first explosion there with the, his second home run of his career. But seven innings, seven hits allowed. The one run, which was earned, it was a solo home run by Casas, six strikeouts and three walks. He, you know, he took the, the the pitch clock violation as well on on, on a three one count that walked. I think it was also Casas, I believe. Ah, uh, yes, it was. It so was to walk the bases, to load. walk the bases load. You know what I mean? Like he, he had he, again a lot of traffic surrounding him early on. But hey, in the end, the the Blue Jays offense picked him up enough that they could leave him out there for close to one hundred pitches today. Yeah, and the pitch efficiency I think was the biggest thing. He ended up, uh, he, you know, he had a couple walks, but he managed to be pretty pitch efficient around that. And I think it's it's fine if you end up giving up a solo home run in a game where you have such a big lead because the Blue Jays really needed him to go deep. How many times this year have we talked about, well, they haven't built up a big enough lead to be able to rest the bullpen. Today, you use Bowden Francis and Jay Jackson, and you're running a six-man rotation. So you have one fewer reliever, and you don't have Richards, and you don't have Romano, yeah. and you have still a lot of games in a lot of days coming up, including four on the road, and a series that will include, if I'm not mistaken, Hyunjin Ryu, Yusei Kikuchi, and Alec Manoa. Yeah. All three coming up in that series uh, against the Cleveland Guardians, a four-game set that's about to start tomorrow. So I, I really think that it was massively important to do what he did today. He did a great job of it against Baltimore, whether you know guys picked up on his pitches or not, and he did give up four runs, but to get to six innings in that start after the early stumbles, and I think he did a really impressive job again today of helping out the pitching staff as a whole, putting a lot less stress on this bullpen, which will be now very well rested as they look ahead to a four game set in Cleveland. As you couple text here on the text line, Ben, as we uh, wrap up, I see one here on Var show, Robert and Ajax. Uh, if I told someone the Jays would score 13 runs without Bo Vlad Jansen and be led by David Schneider, everyone would have laughed. I wanted to shout out Varsho 
He's had a tough go of it since basically May, but he had a fantastic series versus Boston. Hope he can build on it. It's very true. Like I, you did, you did briefly mention Varsho earlier, but he had a very good series. Like I would say a sneaky good series, but certainly hit a, a very loud home run in the first game on Friday. But today, coming in cold for a, a, an injured Kevin Kiermaier with the stitches after running into the wall in the outfield, but. He had some hit, a hit, I think, yesterday as well. Like he, yep. he, what was it, four for eight for Varsho? Four overall? for eight in the series, if I'm counting correctly. Yeah, he ends up with an RBI hit today. Uh, it was a triple, his first Blue yeah. Jay triple. So two he, extra base he hits. He rocked that ball. My goodness. Yeah. The deepest part of the field. And so much happened yesterday. We didn't really get to it, but he made multiple running catches yesterday yeah. into the triangle, including one over the shoulder. Uh, he was really good. Brandon Belt was really good. Matt Chapman was good today. Matt Chapman was good today, and he homered in this series as well. I mean, Chapman, who I actually think has been very good a lot of this year, except for when there are runners in scoring position, came up with two hits, including the first one that the Blue Jays had to break the scoring open, a yep. double to make it 2 nothing. That was, I mean, feet. You, from you turned to me at to that moment, and you said, please let him not get an out so we don't have to talk about him the whole well, show. Just, and, we and, talk <laughs> about runners in scoring positions so much, you know, and it's like, it's, it's very true. it gets a little exhausting. I'm not saying it's not important. We talk about it because it's important. Yeah, yeah. But even if there's other reasons they lose, like I'd rather just not deal with it. I said, I, I replied to you. I said like, let just let him get a little blooper. And you were like, no, I want a three run home run. And then you know what? He split the difference, right? So, so good. <laughs> but I agree with you. It's nice to see him. And then he came up with another hit later on. So yeah, good. I don't with know. With runners in scoring position. I don't know if he's like completely like quote unquote off the schneid necessarily, but uh, it was good to see because it was, it's nice for that just not to be a talking point again, because yeah. with runners in scoring position, he had been struggling to, so it's nice to see that not be the case today. Yeah. And I was a little bit, I would say, you know, tempered on my reaction to Springer's day yesterday because of the ground ball and the infield hits. But today he comes up with two doubles, hit the ball really hard. He caps off a really impressive series uh, after, you know, getting off the schneid himself against Baltimore with the bloop single ends up with three extra base hits. And I think seven hits uh, in three games, this series takes a couple of walks along the way. It, it was really good all around. Like David Schneider was great today and was great all series. And the blue Jays, you know, only had they had one solid game from Vladdy, one tough game from Vladdy. Yeah. Had one hit in the entire series from Whit Merrifield. Didn't have Bobachet going. It was the depth guys that really showed up, and I think that's a positive. I, I think that you know Whit Merrifield had done more than enough over the past month and a half while other people weren't doing things. I still think, despite the struggles that Vladdy has carried a lot, great for the Blue Jays to to have production up and down the lineup. Uh, I see here some texts from uh, a couple of people. Mary from Guelph says. Uh, September 27th, a home game is versus the Yankees. It's also National Mustache Day. So maybe uh, maybe we can see some wow. uh, creative facial hair, perhaps. Uh, I, I, do, I also do think Chris from Ottawa says, too bad they didn't let Bassett go longer, get maybe a complete game. He was at almost 100 pitches when he came out. But I will say it's, it, it is good that they used Bowden Francis and Jay Jackson. Jackson hadn't pitched in a while, so good to see him get some action because you and I both thought maybe uh, Francis would be the guy but uh, to, to get both innings towards the end there. But still, good that they didn't have to go to any leverage guys ahead of a series in which you say correctly that all of Ryu, Kikuchi, and Mano are going to pitch. So in theory, you will need them at some point. Yeah, and Bassett, not the youngest guy pushing the pace for most innings he's thrown. I, I think it would have been nice to see him complete another game, but I think for the Blue Jays, that doesn't matter as much as making sure he's better for his next start. 
That is Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. New and used vehicle prices are rising and inventory is scarce. Avoid the hassle of buying prematurely by making your vehicle last longer with Crown Rust Protection. For a special summer offer on rust protection, visit crown.com today. For Ben Shulman, Ben Wagner, Tom Young, Nick Blackmore, I'm Show Ali. We're out of here. Blair and Barker have you covered for most of the week. Uh, ben, you and I are back on Thursday for the finale in Cleveland, and then we will chat from the Rogers Center for Jose Bautista Day next week. I'm looking forward to it. Super fun. Should be awesome. That's Ben Shulman. I'm Michelle Wiley. Enjoy the rest of your long weekend. Have a great one, everyone. We'll talk to you later.